Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of the Godzilla Roundtable. As always, you're joined by me, Mulder, otherwise known as Faye. And of course, as always, I'm joined by... Ton here, once again. And Crash here, as well. And once again, we have our returning guest from last time, RF, otherwise known as Prime Spinosaur. Hello! And if you guys want to know why he's here, go watch the previous episode. <laughs> yeah, if if you skipped the Return of Godzilla episode, shame on you because that movie's amazing. <laughs> you shamed people long enough for this movie, RF. I think it's a kink of yours. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, anyways, I, maybe I'm just like, oh yes, they finally understand how good it is. <laughs> anyways. This episode will be about, of course, Godzilla vs. Biollante from 1989. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. RF, what would you rate Godzilla vs. Biollante? Uh, 7.5 out of 10. Oh my god. Okay. Look, Again. look, I am not going by like the American grading system with this. Like, if 50% is like an a, a 5 out of 10 is an average movie. Okay, okay. I get that. <laughs> Anyways, Crash, what would you rate it out then? Uh, probably an eight out of ten, I'd say. Nice. I like it, but yeah, we'll go get into it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, done. Uh, eight point five out of ten for me. And for me, it would be an eight point five, eight out of ten for me as well, in that scale. All right, let's get into it. Okay, Godzilla vs. Balante is the first Godzilla movie directed by Kazuki Omori, taking over from the last director, who was the name I'm blanking on right now. One second. Does anyone remember? Um, no. Uh, wasn't it Shiro Honda's, like, protege? Yeah, it was, okay, Koji, Koji Hashi. I don't know why you're that's, asking that's me name. for answers. I'm just straight himbo here. <laughs> anyway. movie he did? Oh, well, he um, only did Return, right? Yeah, okay. He, Kazuki Amori came in for this movie, and something interesting with this movie, though, just as a fun fact, this movie came about at least a concept for it by a contest Toho did, where people could send in ideas for a Godzilla movie. Mm -hmm. mm. Really, this and, was a concept from some random person. Yeah, it was from a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, oh god, that's another little shop of horrors link right there. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and the original script was pretty different, but it got refined by um uh, Toho, and of course Toho's writers, which got which got us Godzilla versus Biollante. So, what did you guys think of Kazuki Mori's first time around? Um, it's one of my favorites. I really loved it. Um. First off, like Biollante, wonderful design, wonderful concept. Great way to actually link it back to sort of like Godzilla, sort of like the arc character arc of Godzilla in the Heisei. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was. Am I allowed to continue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I thought that the message was interesting. It was act and. Really, and it's around the time of Jurassic Park as well. I did Jurassic Park come out in 1990 or 1989? 90. 90? I, for some reason, yeah. I thought it was 89, but like, yeah, 
Around that time, everyone just had a collective thought of like, hmm, what about genetic? Yeah, no, like this was around the time that actually a lot of people were like terrified of like gene- uh, geneticists and stuff like that. It was really weird because mm. we don't have that kind of fear now ish. We kind of do because like there are like people that literally try to patent human genes now. Yeah. But it, it, but uh, but mm-hmm. but on. the fear is no longer that geneticists are going to make some sort of abomination that's going to kill us all. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Don and Crash, what did you guys think of Kazuki Amori's first time around? You go ahead, Crash. Oh, uh, I thought it was really good. <laughs> I feel like it meshed super well with Returned. Like it feels mm. like like a straight follow up. There's no like yeah, like you might get from like one of the short ones and they're like let's just have a completely different tone now and mm-hmm. it's not a knock i'm just saying like here if yeah consistent which is really nice and overall yeah i liked it uh i think i'd, I'd say I like returns more but everything barlanti does is really interesting and mm-hmm. it really sets it apart from like anything godzilla's done before with the stuff it tackles yeah mm-hmm. and, oh, oh sorry gonna be a tangent later i'll get to that when we get to that okay <laughs> all right all right Tom. oh yeah so yeah, um, I like I like Biolante a lot. It's a really nice sequel to Returns. It kind of almost reminds me of um, the duality between Godzilla twenty fourteen and King of the Monsters. Not to mm-hmm. bring up bring in too much of that, but just that kind of you have the first entry, which is very kind of Gojira ish mm-hmm. with the introduction to Godzilla, and you have the more Showa s sequel, mm-hmm. but they did it in a very unique way so it doesn't just feel like course correction so much as kind of like spiritual succession yeah i feel like with godzilla versus biolante i think i'm uh with kazuki amori i think he brings a lot of interesting stuff to it like something which i found out just doing research for this episode was kazuki amori before this had had a background in biology and botany Oh. Well, that's actually really interesting, <laughs> considering like what is said in mm-hmm. the movie. Actually, yeah. So it's fitting that that he refined it in, into this. And I think what what makes Balante so successful is it's still continuing to say a message. Like Returns is analyzing Godzilla's place and, and its term of nuclear commentary in in the middle of the Cold War, and Balante is more focusing on what could be worse than, than nuclear weapons. And what possibly could come next from it, and I think that's a really interesting concept to explore, because like RF was saying, this movie came out a year before Jurassic Park, the novel was published, and four years before Jurassic Park, the movie came out, which was really when made genetic engineering be a big topic. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see a Japanese take on what they would consider hor- horrific with genetic engineering. Mm-hmm. I got a weird question. When was Dolly made, if mm-hmm. I'm remembering the name of the sheep right? Yeah, you are right. She was made in the 90s, I believe. Let me look. Uh, 96. Yeah, 96. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Same year I was born. <laughs> yeah. Only lived for around six so, years. Mm-hmm. Though, actually, though, fine enough, Dolly didn't die of anything like weird for a sheep. She just got a typical sheep disease. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. <laughs> which is ironic but anyways um so yeah this though i feel like a big part of it of course in terms of its fear of what could happen genetically because they mentioned it flat out is the human genome project 
which was the idea to basically assemble, <laughs> I think it was the Human Genome Project, but let, let me make sure. But it was this project to collect basically the sperm of, of, of geniuses for future generations and that fear of what that could lead to in terms of playing God in a way. It's weird. I mentioned that when I, we were watching it, but uh, mm -hmm. I thought that whole thing about preserving like the swear of like the world's most intellectual people was like a fucking joke. I didn't mm -hmm. know people, I, they actually considered doing that. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> an actual idea. Really funny to me. <laughs> Which is what's common thing about it. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, just... It's interesting because mm -hmm. it it turned out that like the human g like it sounds like a uh, a white supremacist or just like a eugenics wet dream, but then it yeah. and then it turned out to be oh, the yeah. complete opposite once like the human genome was actually mapped. Yeah, but uh, um, and all the dreams were broken that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, in keeping with the genetic engineering scene, real quick with this topic. I also think something's interesting about it is even back at this point, there was definitely concern over genetic companies being in charge of this stuff. I mean, like we see in this movie, the fucking American genetic company is basically a terrorist organization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know what Biosyn was doing in a Godzilla movie. Uh, Biogen. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I saw that tiny fucking fine print they say. I said, what the hell does that say? It's just bio. And that yeah. guy fucking John Lee. The, the names are so <laughs> John Lee and Mike something. The black guy was in I, I don't know what it is. It's <laughs> really like entertaining to see. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Michael, uh, which is even funnier. Oh, my God. <laughs> Michael American. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, Sorry, what no, you <laughs> yeah, or a finisher. Uh, I, I just find it really funny watching uh, a movie that involves like non-Japanese people and like the weird ideas that Japan has about different countries. Oh, oh, oh okay, oh, okay. Or hold that, so I'll get back to that in, in a bit because I'm still on the genetic topic. Mm -hmm. So before we continue <laughs> with that, um. Crash and Ton. Do you have anything to say about the film's exploration of genetics? It's super interesting, and like we said, the fact that it you know, predated Jurassic Park is another, uh, another interesting thing to mm -hmm. see. Uh, I'm kind of just repeating exactly what you said, but it's interesting to get a different perspective on it. Yeah. On the Japanese side. Especially like what they're scared of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ton? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, fiction has a long history of kind of being like critical of science and scientific development. Um, you kind of see this shift around mm -hmm. the early Cold War era where there was a lot of um, technological optimism, but then you mm -hmm. kind of see like a lot of fears rising. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not too familiar with gen the history of genetic engineering, so I'm not sure what big breakthroughs cause kind of all this discussion around it. Mm -hmm. But Definitely, it's interesting to kind of just see uh, a more critical of science Godzilla story. And yeah, I know a lot of people who are fans of science kind of like turn their nose up to plots like this. And like, fair enough, mm -hmm. some of them can be kind of dumb. But I feel mm -hmm. like 
Godzilla versus Biowante addresses the topic in a really mature and kind of like understanding way. See, something which I find interesting with Biowante is the fact that the, that the three geneticists it chooses are very different characters. Like, you have, of course, Shiragami, who's basically a spiritual remake of Dr. Mifune from Terameka Godzilla, where he's a tragic scientist who lost his daughter and wants to find some way to bring her back and ends up becoming monstrous in a way. And then, of course, you have um, uh, Asuka's father in this. Not Oscar from the On Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> different character. Um, uh, where he's just basically in it for the money, and it's almost this nationalistic desire with, with genetic engineering to put Japan above everyone else again. And then, of course, you have... That Kimono guy. Yeah. And then, then of course, you have Kazuhito, who's basically just wanting to use science for the good of it, and he's pretty much like the voice of reason about it. Mm-hmm. He's also the newer generation, stuff- which mm-hmm. was interesting. Yeah, but I'll save that scene for later because that's an interesting scene to get into. Mm-hmm. And I think it's well, that's what really sets it apart is it doesn't treat all scientists with a like broad stroke. Mm-hmm. It gets into them all as individuals, and I think they represent different views of science. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I do think. Um... Mm-hmm. And this is more prevalent uh, today that, like, I feel like in the 90s, I, while I do think that, like, cautionary tales are important, I feel like a lot of the criticism towards science in the 90s kind of ushered in the age of ignorance that, like, we've come into today where people don't even listen to medical, uh, like, medical experts on, like, the coronavirus and such. But uh, f- mm-hmm. thankfully, with uh, Biolante, none, with the exception of the one that is more corporate leaning, like none of the scientists mm-hmm. per- are particularly bad people. And Biolante uh, herself is not really an awful byproduct. Biolante doesn't yeah. actually hurt anyone. Wait, wait, wait! The wait, the savior thoughts are if you jump too much. <laughs> here, here on this show, RF. We are very strict one topic. <laughs> sure, Faye. Wow. <laughs> are, are you implying something? Oh, no, no. But no, like... <laughs> I thought so. I'm, I'm messing around there. Uh, but no, like, the, the point is, is mm-hmm. that, like, it tr- still treats the science with respect mm-hmm. and does not treat all of it as, like, a bad thing and doesn't treat, like, scientists as these horrible people <laughs> that don't know what they're doing and have nasty sorceress powers. Yeah. Like, that's the thing which I find interesting with Biolante. I feel like Biolante is less saying science is bad and more that you have to be careful with it and not just use it because you can. Mm-hmm. And, to not, and to not put profit before, like, ethics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I would say would, would be the biggest message with it. Um, Crash and Tom, before I move on, do you have anything to add to that? Not really. <laughs> crash out of here, like, bro. Because y'all always say it's super eloquent. It's like, damn, all I can say is, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Son? <laughs> yeah, um, and something else I like is how it still brings in kind of that nuclear element, mm-hmm. which isn't 
what you necessarily need for a Godzilla movie, but it's a nice kind of continuation of the discussions Return had in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to do a multiple choice again. Because, because there's so much talk about the top of this movie. Would you rather us continue with the themes, get into the human characters, or discuss how funny this film is with foreigners? <laughs> Take the funnier stuff for later, I imagine. Yeah. Um, I guess we could change the theme. Flowing pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, I'll, so I'll continue with our semantic talk then because RF brought something really interesting, which is this movie has a big theme of younger generations being better and wiser than older generations, which is not common in movies at all. Mm-hmm. Especially Japanese films. Yeah. Like, it's really apparent how for the GSDF um, uh, main character, he's a young, up-and-coming new, like... What program was he in again? Do you remember the time? Uh, like the... Something youth program. Yeah, like he's like this kind of almost like military genius they have, uh, and he's the pilot of Super X two. And it's interesting how like at first, like the JSDF is like, why are the fuck are we listening to this kid? Like <laughs> he doesn't know anything. And then over the movie, he really proves himself. And that's why I really like that moment at the end where he gets his hat from like one of the generals, showing that he mm-hmm. earned the respect. And that combined with Shiragami later at the end. Saying how like um uh, Kazuhito and the, and the JSDF guy are going to be the like basically the faces of the future who will fix the world. It's a very interesting message. Mm-hmm. How it's you? basically saying that yeah, the new generation will fix the mistakes of our generation. I was going to say though, but there also is that one scene in the helicopter where they're talking mm-hmm. about just that. But he yeah. goes, "We're not that different though. We make mistakes all the same." Yeah, which I think is interesting. It's a very complicated view of it. Mm-hmm. I think they acknowledge that the new generation has a lot to bring to the future, a new perspective, but like they're not, they shouldn't be held up to like some kind of standard because, like, in the end, they're all mm-hmm. just human, so they'll make yeah. mistakes like anybody else would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess kind of like optimism, but also just kind of, you know, like be smart yeah. about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much, it kind of continues the seams with the genetic engineering stuff too, where it's not cut and dry. It's like, yeah, the new generation will bring new stuff to it and will innovate. But well, that doesn't mean they won't make mistakes themselves. And I think that's interesting, like you said, Crash. Mm-hmm. I'm a ton of RF. Do you guys have anything to add? Um, that primarily covers it, but I will say that usually, it, it usually the younger generation is kind of treated condescendingly. Like, they don't know what they're mm-hmm. talking about, and that, like, if you're mm-hmm. older, you obviously are smarter and wiser. Yeah, well, it kind of reminds me of Inodora, where, like, the younger generation is shown as just, like, partying and stuff for the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And, like, that movie is very critical of youth culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting to see it here, where Bailante is like, no, young people have a lot to offer and will probably fix the mistakes we made. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm a ton. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, it's got it's a really interesting topic that comes up in the movie. The eighties, um, were, I guess, were kind of like a transitionary period for Japan. Mm-hmm. That's where Japan was really getting more advanced and becoming kind of becoming that techno technological heart of the world that it's known for being nowadays. Mm-hmm. 
And um, that just kind of represents a more optimistic view of kind of like Japan's place in the world. Kind of a continuation mm-hmm. from Return, mm-hmm. but more focused on generational stuff. I, I don't know if it's like a common thing, but I also mm-hmm. know like in Gundam, that theme of generations comes up so comes up a lot in plots. It's kind of interesting to see a more optimistic view of like yeah. the mm-hmm. relations between generations. Yeah, definitely. Do all right. It is a bit like Gundam. That's funny. <laughs> common themes here. All right. Well, since we're still on the topic of human characters, I'm curious. What did you guys think of the human cast of this movie? <gasps> they're a human <laughs> cast, all right. Um, they're they're interesting. <laughs> uh, I like I like the JSTF mm-hmm. guy. He's just super bright, super optimistic, and he's mm-hmm. he's just kind of cool to follow. But yeah. also, you know, they add that whole kind of psychic element to it. Yeah, one of the girls, which is really interesting to see. We talked about Mickey Sagusa. Yeah. Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having a psychic fight like a, an evil giant fucking monster. Well, I mean, Jason's kind of giant, but you know what I mean. Yeah. it's really yeah. interesting to kind of get that new kind of like human perspective, something different we haven't seen. Yeah, so her her whole thing was interesting. And you'll be seeing a lot of her crash. Oh, okay, really? we're allowed. We're yeah. allowed to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> Don't talk about her for worlds <laughs> in the future. I'm just telling Crash that he'll be seeing a lot of her. Okay, coming I was up. gonna say you're not gonna just forget about your, the psychic girl who predicted all this. Yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey's a really fun character, especially when you see her grow up in future films. But I'll save that as time goes on. Anyways, okay. I'm a ton in RF before I say my thoughts to the cast. Uh, Tongo first. Go ahead, R. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Oh, uh, I really like the human cast a lot. There's a nice range of characters. Only I found. Uh, I'm going to like with Godzilla movies is when they have like casts mm-hmm. that have different kind of roles in yeah. the plot and different levels of society. You kind of get that. Um, you have the mm-hmm. scientist story with Kazuhito and Shiragami. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have the psychic story with Miki and um, who's the other lady? Oscar. Oscar. Yes. And you have the um, mm-hmm. JSTF guy. Um, Oh, I sorry. feel so bad that I can't remember his name. Major, <laughs> oh, I'm looking, at, I'm looking right at it. Major Shok, um, Kuroki, mm-hmm. and um, they mm-hmm. just, they all have a nice balance of screen time, and you actually care about what happens to yeah. them and their stories, especially Shiragami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I'll go. Um, I do like the cast primarily. Uh, I think that the true protagonist of Godzilla versus Biollante is uh, Shiragami. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the other characters. Uh, I don't know why, but I do. I did enjoy uh, Returns cast more, but I do understand that this cast is stronger. We have a lot more time mm-hmm. with the character with more characters, and we get to learn more about each of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did like uh, I did really like uh, God I'm trying to get my thoughts together <laughs> sorry um, no problem. I did really like uh, all of the different like younger characters as they're trying to figure out what to do um, mm-hmm. and this is like the introduction of uh, Miki so like 
she she's kind of an she's actually an enduring character. She's kind of like a proto eleven, actually. When I think about yeah, it, yeah, I could see it. She's psychic stuff in Japan was getting really big around this time. Like funny enough, to connect back to Gundam. Gundam's whole big plot is psychics too. <laughs> God, this is another link to Akira because Akira has a very generational yeah, story Akira too. Psychics. Then you've got Elf and Lead in, in like the nineties. Like I don't know where all this psychic stuff came from. I, I thought Elf and Lead was two thousands. Wow. I think the manga was nice, but anyways, go on, Tom. Oh, it's a bit dark, but I think isn't it tied to like. Cold I think it is tied to cult. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, because this was the boom of the cult era, and I think that psychic stuff got big. I don't want to speak definitively, but I think that is tied to like the Om Shinriku stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. oh boy, is that a topic? <laughs> yeah, we, we could do a whole video on that. Yeah, but uh, also, yeah, I want to say that um, I think it's interesting in this one also that one of the human ca- characters plays mm-hmm. a big part and the creation of one of the major monsters of this movie. Yeah. Besides, like, Terror, Mechagodzilla, I don't remember if I can remember any of the humans that, like, were kind of responsible for one of the giant monsters attacking. Only one I can think of off the top of my head real quick is Son of Godzilla, where their experiment made the Kamakuras. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting seeing that in a more, like, modern take and a modern yeah. feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Which I guess is a good lead into my stuff because I love the human cast of this movie and I think they're really flushed out. But I think what really makes the cast is how good Shiragami is of a character because he's a very tragic character. And I think that his role is really interesting seeing him grow mm-hmm. and come to accept that what he's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like the other characters are just an engine for Shiragami or they are there yeah. to react to Shiragami. Yeah, pretty much for the most part. The only one who really isn't is Gen is um uh, yeah, Gondo. Yeah, no. Who was a really fun character. <laughs> that's the, the that's the old DSDF guy who was with who's with um uh, Kazuhito the entire movie. Oh my god, mm-hmm. just like he's he's like, God damn it, Godzilla, wake up, I'm so bored. <laughs> yeah. He's so chaotic. <laughs> um which I think, um, uh, oh wait, RFD, I want to say no, 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 no. That's that actually, it. I'm just mm-hmm. because something I do want to praise Balante for, like, like you were saying earlier, Crash. This movie to me feels like such a great exploration of the aftermath of Return of Godzilla because, like, this world feels very lived in. Like, I love when you see Asuka and Kazuhito meeting for the meeting for the first time in the movie. That is, they're sitting in like this Godzilla cafe. That's that has the skylight be a footprint Godzilla made during the Tokyo attack, and like the fact that this movie follows up right after the end of Return of Godzilla, mm-hmm. and, and and exploring the world's reaction to Godzilla being a player on the world stage again, it's really interesting, and I really <laughs> enjoy. They want to they want to profit off of it, <laughs> yeah, and use him to get more powerful, <laughs> which is sadly realistic. Yeah. Um. Ton RF and Crash, if you have to say anything more to say about that aspect. Um, not really. Brain empty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was just cool seeing you know following yeah. kind of return like that. Yeah. Start for like starting off with the immediate aftermath, then kind of five years later. Mm-hmm. It's nice yeah. to approach that really well. Kind of wonder mm-hmm. what 
OG casters up to? Probably yeah. doing their own thing. Vibing. Yeah. <laughs> Son? Yeah, um, as as a fan of world building and mm-hmm. um, franchise stories, I really love how smooth the transition is. It, it feels very natural mm-hmm. and very kind of almost as, as realistic as you can be with a Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. Just kind of those consequences of all of a sudden, you know, the world's just entirely different now. Yeah. And now everyone kind of is, is adapting to this kind of world of monsters. Yeah, it, it's it's neat. And we see it more as this era goes on because it's one big story, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, What I think is a good lead into monster stuff. What did you guys think of Biollante? RF, I'll let you go first because I know you're joking talking about Biollante. Oh, I love Biollante. Biollante is like one of my favorite monsters, and I don't think she gets enough respect and love by uh, a, lo- a lot of the Godzilla fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, like a, a really unique backstory and setup. She isn't just a monster mm-hmm. to throw at Godzilla. She has a lot of like. The, a lot of thematic stuff around her. Uh, two, uh, mm-hmm. she has an interesting relationship with Godzilla that people, I think people like m- think is m- animosity, I feel like, but like mm-hmm. it isn't. It, uh, I feel like Godzilla and Biollante don't hate each other. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. uh, the fights that happen, uh, like, First off, they like answered each other's calls, and I feel like the initial fight yeah. that happened was, was like Godzilla's disappointment. Yeah, because like watching this right after Return of Godzilla, I think it's more tied into the fact that Godzilla's species has has like a coal between each other, and how Godzilla once again like crashed, got fucking intubated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was saying the second time Godzilla's been fucking catfished. First yeah. by the fucking military, and then by some giant fucking monster. Yeah, and, no more Godzilla. And you, mu- and you got to think that Godzilla, even after five years, is still salty about the first time he was catfished. So when he's, <laughs> yeah. when he's catfished yeah. again, he immediately gets pissed off. I don't even think like Biollante's yeah. tentacles, like going uh, up to like Godzilla, was meant to be like an attack or anything. I think that it's like, it's like when a shark is investigating something. Mm-hmm. The only thing it really has to investigate with is its mouth yeah mm-hmm. did you do you have anything else to uh add? yes actually uh i want to talk about like how the deleted scenes <laughs> add more to that relationship between those two okay go ahead uh so like there are two specific like del- deleted scenes one of them is actually kind of more like a semi-alternate ending but the uh, mm-hmm. first one is that uh, when Godzilla destroys uh, Biollante's physical form the first time, uh, flowers start to appear on uh, around the landscape, and Godzilla just stops for a long moment to just look at the flowers. And part of the I know part of the reason they didn't go with it was the flowers were not to scale with reality. They were massive flowers. They were to they were to scale yeah. with Godzilla, so they would have been like probably like 10 meter fl- uh, flowers with like 10 meter petals and stuff like that. Let me, let me, let me post a picture. I got it. because it's really funny how big they are. But it's like such Holy a beautiful shit. scene. Mm-hmm. And then 
I also I also think it's nice foreshadowing for the reveal at the end that Biolante is not a monster, but continue. Yeah, and then uh like the second one is the alternate ending where uh so in this version the bacteria is uh th- and this is from what I've been told and from what I understand. Uh in this version the bacteria stops when Godzilla gets into the wa- more into the water because he cools mm-hmm. down again. But in the original yeah. version, Biolante actually saves Godzilla and gets rid of the bacteria, like taking it into her. And it's this, it's like, it's an animated sequence. Like it's used like cartoon animation, but I think it's actually mm-hmm. a fantastic sequence, but they didn't go with it because they thought it was too weird. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of sad that they did take that away because I feel like that adds just, again, that other. Uh, amount of depth to it that I f- that like no like Godzilla and Biolante do not hate each other. This is not really about it, it's a ver- it's called a versus movie, but I don't think it's about them f- their conflict at all. Mm-hmm. Sorry if that went on a bit yeah. long. No, it's fine. Um, uh, before anyone wants to react to that, Crash and Ton, do you have anything you want to say about Biolante? Violante is freaking epic. I just wish I could have seen her more because her design is really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everything about her is super tragic. There's something I wanted to talk about, but um, going into this, mm-hmm. I assumed this was going to be kind of like a classic Godzilla saves the world from another monster. Yeah. And in, in my mind, I was like, this feels a little soon to be doing that again. Mm-hmm. Like you just kind of established him as like an asshole again. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I was like, you're going to have him save the world again? And this movie really caught me by surprise when, like, Biolante is kind of actually like the hero in a way. Yeah. And it stops Godzilla in the end mm. and, like, ceases the conflict. So I was really surprised, but I was, but it was cool to see that. I guess, you know, yeah. don't judge a book by its cover because Biolante looked pretty freaky to me. So like, <laughs> that's a villain right there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, mm. she was really cool. She reminded me of Perfect Chaos, like <laughs> Ton was telling me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ton, do you have any thoughts on Violante before I get into it? Uh, yeah. Um, I I love Violante. Like, she's probably one of my favorite kaiju, mm-hmm. especially almost period, but especially in this era of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just super unique. You have like she's almost kind of like has a universal monster like presence mm-hmm. because unlike. Like we said, she's very neat from other Godzilla monsters. One in that she's not actually a villain. Mm-hmm. Then there's the fact that Biolante is human, like not yeah. literally human, but yeah. she has a human soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she has a human soul, and combined with plant um rose and Godzilla DNA, and mm-hmm. just um. Just a, a beautiful design, especially the beast form. Yeah. Um, I love the... <laughs> I, I don't know why, I just... I love when Godzilla enemies are bigger than Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Same. And Biolante just has an amazing reveal sequence when yeah. she comes out of the ground. It just shows how she's so massive compared to Goji. It's just really cool. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. And with Biolante, let me address a few things, and then I'll get into my personal. I think, like what you guys are saying, RF and Crash, 
about and also Ton about how something like Balante is it's really unique. Like I really love her being a human soul pretty much trapped in a monster because it gives her a really unique energy making her the, the heroic figure. And it really makes like the ending for her where when she goes up into the cloud and there's just the face of Erica who was Shiragami's daughter um, uh, in, in the image of her spores. And it's really a powerful image because it really shows what Bailante was the entire time. Not a monster like everyone assumed, but she was just basically a human trapped in a giant monster body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting thing to explore. And it's interesting how that was really what makes Shiragami decide, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, I do want to say, I love Bailante's designs. The rose form and the like, the crocodile head form are both so cool. Mm-hmm. And she has a really unique power set. And I also I have to be honest, I just love when Godzilla and um, antagonists beat the fuck out of Godzilla. <laughs> it's just really cool because Biolante just decimates Godzilla in that fight for most of it. Like she fucking yeah. spits acid on his face. She fucking impales him through the hand with her with her vines. It's really cool. I also love the scene of her charging because she looks like such a fucking unit in that scene. Mm-hmm. Like she has yeah. a really big sense of weight that you don't always get with Godzilla monsters when she charges. Mm-hmm. Like I especially like on this rewatch, I noticed that she's basically dragging herself across the ground with her vines, yep. and that's how she moves. It's really cool. And also, the effects on her are phenomenal. And was she was very complex to bring to life because they weren't sure how they were going to do it at first, which is why they had multiple ideas like animation and stop motion. But they decided to go with the practical, um, uh, typical Godzilla style, and they really did had their work cut out for them with that puppet, where yeah. they were using um, uh, py- um, uh, piano wire to manipulate her, which is how they brought King Ghidorah and Matra to life. Can we talk about, like, the huge visual effects, like, upgrade that happened between movies? Like, I think it was a yes. massive... And I and here's the thing. I'm a huge fan of the practical effects in uh, Return of Godzilla, but this was a massive <laughs> leap forward. It really was. It definitely feels it. Especially with Godzilla's animatronics, I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is actually... Uh, uh, and this is actually a very iconic look for Godzilla. Like for the longest yeah, time, yeah, that's I was gonna say. Yeah, for the longest mm-hmm. time, this was the look wherever you looked uh, that involved Godzilla. This was the mascot that they used. Yeah, this design would remain relatively unchanged until two thousand, mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of Japanese Godzilla films. Which is a good question. Um, uh, what did you guys think of this new Godzilla design? Mm-hmm. I'm still getting used to the fangs, but I overall really like it. Mm-hmm. It looks really nice. It looks scary has, and angry. He has shark teeth now, like you said. <laughs> um, I I do really like the design. Uh, this is actually my favorite of of the Heisei suits, actually. Which is very valid. It looks great. Um, mm-hmm. ton. Yeah. Um. I I feel like. For our age group, like this is Godzilla. Like, yeah, this is pretty Godzilla. much. <laughs> and I, I, I love Heisei Goji. Um, super nostalgic look. And you know, I, I, I don't like to praise stuff by disparaging stuff, so I'll just mm-hmm. kind of compare it. Like 
where the show designs what kind of range from like the original, which was really kind of scary and creepy looking. Then you had the more mm-hmm. um, kind of cute designs. Yeah, I feel like they kind of went for more of the. Uh, I, I know people hate this term. And I, it's not mm. super famous. But it kind of has a more edgy look. Yeah. With like the smaller eyes, the more dinosaur head, and just the armor looking mm-hmm. body. I, I, I just love, I love the mm-hmm. look of it. And also, I feel like Godzilla, once again, feels more like an animal here in terms of behavior. But I feel like he also has a, has a really good screen presence. Like, I love the scene of all the kids, of all the second kids holding up the drawing of Godzilla as the Godzilla scene plays. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that, such a great scene. That scene is amazing. As is um, uh, the explosion at Mount Mihara being what wakes him up, and you see him coming out of the volcano with it exploding behind mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. God, th- this actually, this movie, uh, even though it was like the last really of like uh, mm-hmm. it, it was the movie right before the Godzilla Dark Ages uh it, actually like if uh in a lot of pop culture there was a lot of stuff about like Godzilla living and coming out of a volcano that started with Return of Godzilla and Godzilla versus Biollante that i remember from like mm-hmm. elementary school like there was a like picture and this is re- this is really lame this is back in el- remind remember this is back in elementary school there was like a little short uh, picture short story called dogzilla where like dogzilla comes oh, yeah, out of like that. a volcano and has to go back in the volcano again oh yeah that definitely was definitely part of it i, I remember that book mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there was the uh, Dexter's Lab episode mm-hmm. where uh, the Godzilla monster is awakened in the volcano when Dexter and the other kids accidentally launch missiles at the at the volcano. <laughs> I definitely think that this was an influence because it was a big VHS for a long mm-hmm. time. It was like one of the big Godzilla VHS. Um, what was I going to say? The what VHS art is it? so good. It is. Um, uh, what was I gonna, oh, yeah. Here's here's what I was gonna say. I also think this movie is interesting because it's less of a verse movie, like you were saying, Crash, and it's more about once again stopping Godzilla. Like that's why you have the focus, like the Super X twos back. You have the you have the first naval fight, which I think is an awesome scene. Like you have Godzilla attacking Osaka, being a big set piece. It's more about stopping Godzilla again than it is about Godzilla fighting Biollante, because Biollante is part of that effort to stop Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you guys had any thoughts on that, um, I think I've already said all of my thoughts on that on that angle. Mm-hmm. So I'll let everybody okay. else talk. Ton crash. Um, yeah, like I said, it's very interesting. I'm kind of happy <laughs> they kept Godzilla to mm-hmm. be still a villain in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, just because of how much they've set it up. I'm still waiting for my answers, but we'll get next movie. There. <laughs> like next movie crash i promise okay um, no, i'm excited mm-hmm. yeah um mm-hmm. I, I i like this approach a lot it's it feels distinct from show while still being kind of having that show influence on it yeah um i love the jsdf scenes in this um mm-hmm. very, lots of really iconic battles like the naval battle um 
a lot of the land battles, like the final confrontation with the um, electric super mind things. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Super X2, it's just a, it's a nice continuation from what Return set up. Yeah. And... The Super X2, I think, it is fun. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It, now it's a drone. It's no longer piloted internally. After what happened last time, where everyone died. Yeah, it. no. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Continue. Super X two element. Todd, continue. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So overall, I just um, mm-hmm. what was my thought? Um, yeah, I just, I just, uh, I like how distinctive it feels. Okay, Ton, before I move on, do you want to pop off about Super X2? <laughs> sure. Um, Super X2, mm-hmm. well, you guys, if you watched the last episode, you know, I have a complicated relationship with Super X. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, I like the Super X2 um, as a weapon. It has a lot of cool upgrades from the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a, it's a lot of really cool fights with Godzilla. Um, Design-wise, I don't know if I like it as much as the Super X1. Mm-hmm. Where the Super X1 kind of had like this really UFO look. The Super X2 just kind of looks like a flying submarine that screams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I love that look. But, it's, you know... It's a super X. You take you take what you mm-hmm. get. So, real quick before I move on to what'll be our final two topics, I have a Todd take to make. Mm-hmm. I okay, Crash. Just so you know, Biolante hasn't come back yet. This has been her only movie. Oh really? I, yeah. And my hot take is, I kind of don't want Biolante to come back. We're I gonna mean, be fighting in a Seven Eleven later. Okay, because here's my thing. I've talked a ton about this. I just think that Biolante's setup is so complicated and so unique to this movie, but so unique to her character that I wouldn't really want to see her as just another kaiju. Because I think her being like the spirit of Dr. Shiragami's daughter trapped in a giant rose and then a giant Venus flight trap, crocodile, Godzilla thing is so integral to her character as a monster that I'm not really sure how you could really revise her and not make her just feel like a hollow imitation. Well, yeah, I was going to say she's definitely context specific. Her whole thing is very much based on her mm-hmm. origin. She's not just a monster. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. every other monster we've seen, I guess they could theoretically just make up some alternate shit. Like this version of Marlante is just a fucking monster. I, but it wouldn't feel as special, I guess. Yeah, I it, like, I, yeah, I, I feel like it would cheapen her, is my only thing. Because I'm reminded, RF, did you play Godzilla Unleashed, the Wii game? Um, No, I did not own a Wii for the longest time. Okay, because they did an origin story for Bailante in that game, and it's always stuck with me as what goes wrong when you try to take Bailante out of the movie. Yeah, here's she is. the thing, I feel like you could still make Bailante, like, I... I have thought about this, and I'm like, well, if you were to try and make Biolante grounded within the legendary universe, maybe you could just have mm-hmm. like Erica have have like Erica transform into Biolante. Uh, I guess. 
I think my thing is like she just looks cool, and I just want to see her again. Mm-hmm. I think they mm-hmm. put in the effort; they could probably <laughs> find some way to make it work, but it's not yeah. easy. Like I get what you're saying; yeah. they can't just sh- like put her and be like, "It's my Alante, guys." Like, yeah, like that's not her character. Yeah. She wouldn't just show up. She's not there just to fight monsters. She didn't even want to yeah. be there in the first place. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I think it'd be very calm. I feel like maybe if they worked hard, they could. But I totally get what you mean, mm-hmm. Ton, because I know you had thoughts because we talked about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of between, like, what you and RF said. I feel like, probably, I, would, I wouldn't like to just see Bailante just kind of show up or be, in, like, in the background or something, since she's not really a cameo monster. Yeah. But I feel like if you made kind of a spiritual successor mm-hmm. of Godzilla versus Bailante, kind of like how King of the Monsters is kind of a Ghidorah three-headed monster spiritual mm-hmm. successor. Yeah, that could work as a way to bring Bailante mm-hmm. back. So, if someone did something like that, I'd be. That's how I would ideally like to see Bailante. Okay, okay. RF, do you have anything else to add, or should no, I, I can't say anything else topic? without bringing up the later Heisei movies? So I can't. Yeah, that has to wait. <laughs> okay, so another interesting thing with this movie is this was the first and only. Godzilla movie to be composed by the Dragon Quest composer. Let me find his name. Okay. Uh, Ko- Koichi, Koichi Sugiyama, who is kind of an asshole in real life, but that's a whole big topic. Yeah, um, Crash, can worms. Oh, Crash yeah. what, what did you think of his score? Because you played the Dragon Quest games a lot. Uh, I have to say, I, I really like the score. I know we were talking about it. Y'all were kind of like, this is not fit, but I don't know. He definitely... There's some tracks which I love. Like, I love Biowars. Which is the Roxy rendition of, of the Godzilla? Oh my scene. God! And the the, the track like? that like was heard around the world. <laughs> yeah, because Akira Ifakube, for everyone didn't know, there was a Godzilla composer. Composer hated this track so much he came back for almost every other <laughs> Godzilla film of the era. Oh, but I love, like I said, it sounds like a smash mix of the Godzilla theme. It was high, mm-hmm. I like it. But, I, like, uh, I like it too. Go on, sorry. Yeah, with, the, with his other music, um, it's definitely not what you expect for a normal Godzilla film. Like he's not—he didn't go for like a drab kind of like serious one. Mm-hmm. It has its own tone and vibe, and I can see why some people might not be a big fan of that. But I—I mm-hmm. I, I thought it fit for the most part. It's just a different kind of feeling. Yeah, like a lot of them have more of like, as opposed to an intense theme, a more of like an alarm kind of theme. Like, oh, yeah, sure time you gotta hurry up. That's how mm-hmm. I felt at least. I I liked it. Yeah, that, that's fair. Ton and RF. Do you guys have any thoughts on, on the score? Um. All I remember is that there were some very, very specific criticisms that Ifakube had against the score. Okay, because Ifakube was a classical music purist. Yeah, no, like it, it was. He he always did his themes like that. He was not happy to hear fucking rock music mixed. Yeah, he was so mad about that. But not just that, but the like the theme for Serenia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He complained about that too because he was like, "This is a this is the Middle East. You this is like fucking I'm a oh shit." What did he I think he said? This is more Eastern European. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I just re- I just remember like reading that and just read. Mm-hmm. He sounded so angry. <laughs> He hated it, the score so much. So his daughter was like, "If you hate it so much, why don't you fucking do the next one then?" And he was like, <laughs> "He's like, well, I, f- I fucking will." Yeah, <laughs> he, he was like, "You know what? Good idea." And then he came back and did almost all of the next five. That's very <laughs> that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Ton, do you have any thoughts? 
Yeah, I was actually... I, I like the soundtrack. Um, it's definitely very different, and um, it, it's very his style, which I'm mostly familiar with from Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't played the Dragon Quest games yet. I have the newest one sitting on my Xbox, but I haven't started yet. <laughs> but I have listened to the music, mm-hmm. and it kind of has this very kind of different vibe from the usual fantasy stuff. It kind of mm-hmm. has like this whimsical nature to that, and that's what mm-hmm. the energy brings in the versus Biolante. Mm-hmm. So, definitely some tracks kind of like feel odd at times, but like Crash said, it's just kind of a different energy in, how, in his style. So, yeah. I, I, I can see why Ifa Kube wasn't huge on it, but it kind of reminds me how the show movies, especially like Ebira, Mm-hmm. Well, let me just leave it everywhere because my memory's fading. <laughs> just kind of those different, non traditional Godzilla tracks, which yeah. are fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, for better or for worse, you know, it it, 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 it adds something unique to this movie. Something it definitely does. Stand out. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what you said, though, RF, is a good lead in. So, this will be our final topic before we do our closing thoughts. And I know everyone's been dying to say it. The English and how it treats foreigners in this movie are hilarious. Oh my god. <laughs> the English is really, really bad. <laughs> Son of a bitch, it's the Swedish Asians again! <laughs> Which would become my catchphrase for years. <laughs> it was it was so dang. And sometimes, like, I, it felt like they were in a completely different scenario sometimes. Yeah. I, the funniest one to me was, um, I think, was it the Terminator? I forget. He was in the building, and Godzilla showed up. And he's, yeah. like, outside, and he's like, Godzilla. Like, he just sounds, yeah. like, he just sounds fucking, like, mildly annoyed. Like, oh, damn, funny. it's Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of like, like, really now, Godzilla? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is why, this, this is why, Crash, I wanted to do. Dude, the dub for this one, I didn't want to be given an unfair advantage. Yeah. Because the dub doesn't have the bad English mm-hmm. for obvious they, reasons. <laughs> if they did, that'd be really embarrassing. Yeah. But yeah, that's it it was definitely stood out. Obviously Japanese audiences probably don't care. Mm-hmm. Can't really yeah. tell them that it's bad English. So they're it's just yeah. kind of to them. <laughs> we gotta we gotta also just like talk about the really weird stuff. Like not not just like, like the English, Saradia. but like <laughs> Seradia. Yeah, Seradia <laughs> as a whole. Seradia is just like every Arab country, which everyone doesn't know. I'm half Arab, so I know this well. Every it's Arab such a stereotype. It's <laughs> like like they want oil. They're a big giant desert, which um <laughs> that's not how it works. Arab countries have exports of food. A lot of olive oil is from Arab countries. Like, how do you think we ate for thousands of generations? But okay, <laughs> it's just really funny. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's it is really fucking thing. That whole conversation they had with the Serbian mm-hmm. president, um, uh, yeah, 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 prime minister, I think, and, or um, president, one of those things. And he was talking to the was it the Japanese guy? I forget. Yeah, Shir- Shirigami is who we yeah, talked to. And they were just not. They were just not speaking coherent English. It was like <laughs> I had to explain to you, Crash. <laughs> I had to like explain to you in the chat what they were saying. Yeah, you were like, like, wait, yes, what? Yes. 
bacteria. I, I agree. Bacteria good is, yeah. I was just like, holy shit, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't put subtitles there. They yeah. put the Japanese subtitles. Doesn't help me, so <laughs> I was just like, what's going on? It was really... <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Ton, do you want to talk about the Americans in this? I think you're the best one for that. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of the first time, guys, that we've had like openly hostile Americans. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so it's kind of interesting. It's like, you know, you like Americans usually have kind of a complex presence and guys mm-hmm. more in the background, but here we just have four guys who literally sneak into Japan and start shooting up people. And that is people at the SDF. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, yeah, they were. It was really dang. Like the second the movie started, like they were just sneaking around. They got caught. They're like, "Okay, now you have to die." And they just shot. Yeah. <laughs> and and Ton specifically, what I was also thinking of is dangerous of Japanese shorthand for American that me and you have talked about being really funny. Oh yeah, which one? Think about oh. what 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 Michael Lowe is. Oh <laughs> yeah, so. Something funny with like Japanese media stuff is like when they think Americans, they think like tall, blonde haired white people. But then <laughs> there's also the secondary <laughs> thing, which, which is um black people and Asian Americans, <laughs> and all three show up yeah. in this movie. It's just really funny because there's. This, Thank God, though. Some of the dialogue here, like when they're in the lab and they yell, Le- we're lethal weapons. Like, what the fuck? What, the, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's a reference to okay, funny enough, from what I read, I, 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 yes, that was it. That was part of it. It was meant to be a reference to lethal weapons. Say, that movie come out? Yeah, I guess they had the time. But yeah. I guess they're conflating, like, their dangerous status to, like, People, in the- I don't fucking know. Okay, that's just so funny. <laughs> so weird. Mm. I love it. They say, yeah, like, but kiss, it- you, kiss you later or some shit like that. Yeah. Oh, 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 no. I'm a when he, I'm a when Terminator goes over. Or okay, okay. Well, when I say Terminator, I mean the straight agent kills those guys opening. He says he says to say thanks you guys, but be- but because he's he's a Japanese guy like playing. <laughs> I'm a like like uh, like the agent. He fucking says. Kiss you guys. <laughs> I, I I had no idea what that meant. Like that's not even like slang. It's just like, what are you talking about? Dude? He just completely did not <laughs> say it right. It's really funny. I I was gonna say that it is interesting because like this movie mm-hmm. feels much more international. Because like that. Okay, we didn't cover this, but I thought it's super interesting how in this movie mm-hmm. there's like a whole Godzilla arms race because everybody wants yeah. to the Godzilla. And I felt that was really cool, realistic, and grounded, you know, because obviously with such a major thing like that happening, everybody wants, you know, yeah. to study for themselves. So this movie did have a really nice international feel, I felt. Mm-hmm. But obviously, whenever they were international, it always felt kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I looked, because remember I made a joke that they must have dragged some Arab guys, like, off the street? <laughs> looking, at, look, looking at the cast list, it looks like they did that. That they just dragged, <laughs> like, Arab guys and American guys. Like, you want to beat them? Godzilla movie. Yeah, like, sure, why not? Yes. <laughs> so I saw so the Serene agent was played by a Japanese actor from, actor from what I heard. I couldn't tell if he was good or bad for the longest time until he fucking killed a Shirakami. Yeah. <laughs> and when he was just a general asshole all around. But it was really funny. <laughs> so, 
you see a Terminator-like character, they can either be from Interpol or they're a fucking evil alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. Um, does anyone have anything else to add on the topic, or should I get us closed? Um, uh, I guess you close yeah, up. close up. Mm-hmm. All right, RF. I'll let you go first. What are your closing thoughts on Godzilla versus Biollante? Um, it's not as good as I remember it being, but it's still a wonderful movie that has a lot to say, and I still love it for mm-hmm. it. It's still one of my top Godzilla movies, so uh, mm-hmm. that that's uh, praise enough. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I just want more Biollante. I, I and I don't just want the monster. I want like the themes to be brought along as well with Biollante. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. fair. All right. Um, a ton. What are your closing thoughts on Godzilla? Yeah, Biolante yeah, versus Biolante is really fun. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, I don't know if I like it as much as I did Return, but mm-hmm. it's a great sequel. Um, really fun plot. Lots to enjoy. I definitely recommend it highly. Mm-hmm. Okay, Crash. Before I have you go. I want you to look. I want you to look in the look in in the chat. You're gonna post the poster because, be, yeah, for the next movie. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! He's back. <laughs> yep. Next time we've got Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Ghidorah's bomb. I'm excited to see Martin Ghidorah. That's gonna be so cool. <laughs> and they're going to space. That's his little fucking rocket. There. <laughs> All right. So, Crash, what are your closing thoughts on Godzilla versus um, Biollante? Godzilla vs. Biollante was a super unique, really good Godzilla movie. I definitely said, mm-hmm. okay, I don't know if it definitely, but I like Return more. But everything mm-hmm. Biollante did was super interesting. I liked it all around. And I'm really enjoying this era so far. It feels really consistent. And I'm excited to see Ghidorah come back <laughs> in the next one. Okay. For me, Godzilla vs. Biollante, honestly, is a great movie. I think it's one of the most thematic Godzilla movies. And I think it has something to say. Um, it's really, really interesting to see that. Unfortunately, it did not succeed at the box office. What a, what a surprise! Yeah, it was a disappointment. <laughs> more than, more than, more than Return of Godzilla, unfortunately. But I think I'm glad it was able to be made, just because I think it has a lot to say. I think the human cast is excellent, and Balante is such a fantastic monster. Even, even if, she, even if she is just a one movie wonder. Mm-hmm. All right, that was Godzilla vs. Violante. Um, RF, I want to thank you for being on. Is there anywhere people can find you? Um, not right now. Um, I am thinking of doing projects with Fears, Futures, and Fossils in the future. Which, if anyone doesn't know, that's our YouTube channel that's where we it. upload these episodes. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I can subscribe. Yeah, li- like and like and subscribe, please. I might be doing a uh, future project on there. I'll just need the spare time mm. for it. But it will not be around films or video games. Actually, it will be around l- literature. Ooh, yes. And uh, other than that, I do have a uh, Twitch that I never use, which is uh, <laughs> Pop Tart Spinosaur. Uh, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. however, uh, does have a Twitch that is constantly used, and you can occasionally see me in the camera background, and that is uh, Surfing <laughs> Pichu. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is usually on either in uh, the early afternoon or late at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also reach me at Twitter under Prime Spinosaur. I think I still have the bootleg Darth Vader toy as my avatar. <laughs> yeah, I think you do as well. 
And yeah, that's basically all the places you can reach me. <laughs> all right. So everyone, that was our episode on Godzilla vs. Biollante. Next week we'll be covering Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah from 1991. I'm excited to see what Crash thinks of that one. <laughs> oh boy, that one's a wild one. Um, be fun. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening and have a good night. Good night. All right. So colon Craig colon comma leave. Okay. Yeah. Let me do that. <laughs> so colon Craig comma leave. <laughs>